What are cryptocurrencies? Hey, hey, hey. What are NFTs? A non-fungible token. Time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin just seems like a scam. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Bitcoin! All right, we're joined today by Brice Partouche, also here in Paris, of a brand called Satisfy Running. Um, for those who don't know Brice or Satisfy, he's one of the first people I was lucky to meet when I moved here to Paris almost eight years ago, um, which is about the time that, that he started Satisfy, and we'll hear more about that. Um, before that, he had a brand that was a clothing brand um, known for its jeans called April 77, um, and he's done a lot of other things that, that we'll hear about. Um, and the conversation that I'm really excited for us to have today is one about branding. Um, what I realized having many conversations with founders in the Web3 space about you know, these new brands that they've started based on whether it's you know, PFP or art or you know, et cetera, and then having conversations with Brees about, uh, about you know, building a brand over the last eight years in the fashion space was that you know, these two you know, worlds needed to, to hear this, this, this conversation and maybe even have this conversation together. Also, Brees has done some you know, pretty forward-thinking things in Web3. Um, it's not his whole brand, but he's dabbled more than most fashion brands, I would say, and earlier than most fashion brands. So we'll, we'll get a chance to hear about some of that too. So Brees, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experience with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super happy to be here with you guys. Well, so Zoe has a very important first question for you. Yeah, the very important first question is, what is the first concert you ever went to? And what is the most recent concert you've been to? Okay, that's easy. Uh, first concert I've been to was so in France we had in the uh, in the late 80s this punk band called La Mano Negra, La Mano Negra, and uh, it was like the a, Black Hand. Uh, yes, the Black Hand in Spanish, and uh, that was this band like you know in France we are really good for or really good or I don't know really bad, but we try to imitate a lot of what's happening uh, in the UK or in the US. So basically, La Mano Negra was a French clash. And uh, so they were mixing like, you know, dub and punk and, uh, and reggae. And uh, yeah, it was uh, my first show with my, uh, with my cousin. I remember she had a beer and she was 15 and she was like, oh, don't tell my dad that I'm having a beer right now. And I was 12. Uh, I went back the day after to, the, to school with my new like Mano Negra t-shirt way too big for me uh, it was great like the first time i was seeing like a mosh pit and like uh people like diving with like dog martins like you know like it was pretty pretty hardcore but like the the the, the, the la mano negra was you know they were kind of not soft but like it was a fake punk band i think they wanted really to be punk but like they also wanted to be played on the radio and the last uh, show i've been to was uh two days ago uh, I saw, uh, with you, Ian, we saw uh, Build to Spill, uh, amazing band. I know that Zoe, you're a big fan too. My favorite, yeah. my favorite band. <laughs> it, was, it was my, the first time I was seeing them, I was keeping on, like, uh, missing them. Uh, but I'm glad uh, we, fin we finally, uh, uh, so it was amazing. It's just like, uh, I don't know, it's so, like, low-key and pure. Uh, it was great. 
Did you get some, uh, like, we, really good, long, prolonged guitar noodling? Ever, like, enough of that? Yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's one, like one review serene. could be, like Neil Young, but better in every way. <laughs> 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 I mean, it was, I, I was, it was absolutely incredible, and I sent Zoe all the videos, and I sent yeah. Zoe Tommy's videos, and... Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, I think I know what show you were at last, unless you went to one last night, which is yeah. totally possible knowing you. So, Brees, like just for for everyone, like let's let's do a let's do a background. Like, where do you where do you come from? Like, what do you do? And like, how did you get there? Like, what's your <laughs> what's your origin story? <laughs> so I, I grew up in uh, Grenoble. Grenoble is a small town in the Alps, the French Alps. That's a city surrounded by mountains. So of course I grew up like you know snowboarding. It was also a, a famous city for its skateboard scene. So you know, since the age of like 12 or 13, I uh, you know I started to skateboard and um, uh, play music. Like music is a big part of who I am. Uh, started to play drums when I was 14 and played in like you know uh, punk heavy metal bands. And uh, yeah, grew up in this uh, environment uh, surrounded by you know, like skateboarding, snowboarding, music, punk rock. Uh, it, was, it was great. I'm super happy of like uh, how I grew up, and I'm also super proud of like uh, that scene. I I I once belonged. I guess today I still belong to that scene. You just belong to that scene in a different way. But like it really made me. I'm I'm this person today because all the things I've been through when I was like you know from from 11 when I discovered like Kill em All, uh, to you know like to my to my 20s, you know uh, I was a big fan of like uh, Zero and like Jamie Thomas and you know so all 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 of that like made the person uh, I am today and I'm so happy that I can finally you know like uh, uh, measure uh, how important it was because when you're into it you don't really pay attention you know like. Uh, I, I, at the time, I didn't know like it was building me, you know, and uh, also like uh, you know like I, I became also like uh, very aware of like uh, uh, culture during during that moment of my life, and still today like I'm, I'm still uh, I would say the same the same person like uh, my, my foundation are are really anchored in my uh, uh, teenage uh, my teenager years in in, in, in Grenoble. It's a super, it's a super interesting point, and I, I feel the same way. I've often felt like I feel really lucky that I, I grew up with sort of fringe culture that you consumed via VHS, and you know, like you know, you had to, you really had to seek or magazine zines. You had to search it out because the internet made more sense to me. I think if I would have only consumed mainstream culture, the internet might have been more of a shock to my system. Um, but I think for those of us who like come from fringe culture. You know, the internet, you know, immediately seemed like a godsend. Yes, I mean, I used to, I used to record the, the TV like to get some songs from like the new, uh, the New Deal skateboard video. You know, there was this song I really, really loved, and I couldn't find who, who it was. And uh, and uh, yeah, I was just recording over like the TV. You know, so uh, um, you know, like you had really to when, of course, when the internet came. Uh, as you said, like it made sense to us because it was a big fanzine, you know, and uh, uh, it, it also like in a way like killed the underground because, but we had like a new underground. I mean, it's very difficult for me to explain, but like I, I, um, I was happy 
of the internet. I was not like, oh, internet sucks. I miss my like uh, uh, paper printing magazine. I still love my printed paper magazine, but I, I love and I still love the internet. So uh, it, it's just, um, uh, you know, it, it, it brings up all the potential of our culture, of the fanzines, of the, the scene I was into, and also, finally, I was not uh, isolated. Like, in my hometown, we were like uh, five uh, straight-edge kids, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and 15 skateboarders. But once I got the internet, you know, I was chatting with some, like, uh, straight-edge kids from, like, Boston, you know, and, uh, and I was like, oh, I'm not alone. And then I could, like, order, like, some magazines and some fanzines and, and get my hand on the first, like, uh, like the heart attack, uh, uh, hardcore magazines and stuff like this. So it's just uh, mind-blowing when you're, like, a teenager and you're building yourself, you're building your, 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 your culture. It's, it's just amazing. I think so much of your story is is similar to mine in that way, right? You were in Grenoble. I was in Goshen, Indiana. I'm a couple of years older than you. Um, but I think the thing that's so unique about you for me that makes you unlike any person I've ever met and, and really so important to me when I moved here to Paris was I moved here to work at LVMH. I knew absolutely nothing about fashion. Or as Mike D said at the time, like, Ian, everything you know about fashion, you learned from Jay-Z songs. Um, but you, I, you were, suddenly I had this friend who grew up with, you know, listening to metal and punk rock and skateboarding who I could call and say, what do you think of the Dior show? And you had actually, like, a thoughtful, nuanced, insightful opinion. So you also, you know, know a lot about the fashion world. And, you know, so why is that? That's not usual for someone who comes from the scenes that you and I come from. No, it's true. It's very, uh, very niche, very unique. I think um, it comes from. Uh, I've never been. I've never been shopping at, uh, you know, at, at YSL or Celine with any of my other skateboard friends. <laughs> but you and I have actually done that. Yeah, true, true. No, I think. Uh, I mean, it's it's a pretty unique. Config I mean, I think my my uh, like the way I grew up again is a pretty unique configuration. Like my, my dad had a had a jeans company in the eighties. So basically, I grew up going to like flea markets looking for like military uh, like collectible like army pants and jackets. So I, I've learned about like not fashion because again, I always say the same thing, but I'm not. I don't care about fashion. I'm not obsessed with fashion. I like products. I like a product with a function. Um, I like uh, I like culture. I like products. Like a big part why I like uh, um, you know clothes is like how how kids have interpreted uh, looks and clothes. Like you know like like the skinhead with a bomber jacket. You know they use a bomber jacket because the fabric was so slippery that they couldn't get caught by the cops. You know, that, that style. They shaved their hair because, again, they couldn't get caught by the cops. Um, the, the, the Perfecto jacket, it's a flight jacket. It's a jacket for the army, you know. And this, this was punk. Like, you go to the army shop, and then you take what belongs to the army, and you wear it to protest against the army. That's super punk. And this is what I like about like fashion. It's like um, just identity. You show who you are, what you stand for, and for me, this is what matters the most. I I'm very uh, not into like uh, uh, 
design the sake of design. You are not into like uh, the, um, you know, like, uh, I mean, there are some great designers and they can reinvent uh, styles, but it's, it's not something that moves me. I'm, I'm much more moved by someone who's going to uh, take ownership uh, about like uh, something, like a culture and transform it into like something different. I like, uh, I like uh, reappropriation of things. And I think uh, this was my connection with, with, with fashion. I, I, I was not obsessed with like the LVMH brand, Louis Vuitton. I think, you know, of course, like I'm, I like the craftsmanship behind it, but I was more obsessed by, you know, the Face magazine and ID magazine, like all this like British scene, which was still punk in the late 90s and early 2000, um, you know, like transforming vintage uh, stuff into like new products and just, uh, uh, you know, like, just, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, I, I think the clothes and, and, and fashion are just um, a way to reveal yourself. It shouldn't be the opposite, you know. You, sh you shouldn't uh, hide with fashion, like hide yourself with fashion. It's just going to uh, uh, emphasize who you are. And, 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 and like this, I guess this is what I like with, uh, with fashion. So this... Uh, this approach, plus, uh, of course, my, my culture was like, uh, you know, like whatever, skateboard, music and stuff, creates this thing you have right now in, in front of you, <laughs> uh, with, all, with all his contradictions. <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember when I first met you, I did some, did some shopping at the April 77 store, which no longer exists, but I loved the, like, you made awesome jeans, but they had a guitar pick holster, which is so fun and so cool. And by the way, Kyle still basically only, my husband still only wears those jeans and it's like his favorite conversation starter, right? Which is like, whoa, do those have a guitar pick holster? But I love that because, right, it like, like it calls back to that history, right? And to that like story of how you, like of the things that were important to you, you know, like you could be in a rock band and wear these jeans and they provide utility, right? Yeah, yeah. So now, <laughs> no. so now what you're, what you're doing is, you know, making running clothes, which is an, another passion that I know that you and dad both share, um, you know, skateboarding, snowboarding, now distance running, which I think is bonkers, but it's cool that you guys like it. Um, By the way, uh, as we know, Zoe and I have run a marathon together. So yeah, she's think, actually qualified. I almost died. I think at 26 miles, I turned to Zoe and I said, should we quit? <laughs> we really want to finish this thing. Um, no, but but so she is qualified to call it bonkers. I'm, That's I'm, my point. I'm qualified. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> but anyway, so then I just wanted to like, so like, let's dig in a little bit to satisfy. So you're like building you've built this new brand and, you know, tell us a little bit about kind of like the philosophy behind it and, and, and where it's at now. Yeah. Well, talking about like the jeans as a functionality, like I, I like uh, when things have a purpose, you know, have a function, but I, I, uh, I found running uh, late in my life, maybe too late in my life now, I think, but uh, no, it's never, never, never too late. Too late. Okay, great. Uh, I found running in my mid thirties and I became completely obsessed with running. Uh, you know, like, uh, started to, I remember, I still remember my first run, you know, like, like a, f a 5K, uh, Bois Vincennes, uh, 6am. It was just um, uh, game-changing, but also I really, it was at the time of my life when I really wanted to step out from my comfort zone. You know, I've been doing, like, this jeans thing for, like, 20 years, and, you know, like, 
okay, now what's next? And I'm, a, you know, I'm a, I'm a builder. Like I like to build things. You know, and since I'm a kid, I've, I've been building, you know, like uh, uh, RC cars. I used to build like robots. I used to invent uh, games. Like I love to, I love to create. Uh, and to I just have stuff. a quick, a quick, a quick question for you. When did you stop building RC cars? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, but you know, it's like if you if you walk if you if you go to a guitar store, you know, you want to buy a guitar. So that thing with like RC car stores is the same. Like uh, every time I was stopping by a RC car store, I was like, oh, I want a RC, like a new RC car. But like, yeah, it's true. Like I, I got back to it like a few months ago and I'm completely obsessed with it because I can't do things just, uh, I can't be chill about things. I have to be uh, like, you know, like I like coffee. I had to open a coffee shop. Oh, I like the Ramones. I have to build the company that makes skinny jeans. I like running. Oh, I'm going to make satisfied. So it's something in my mind, which is a, uh, uh, you know, which works a bit like, I mean, my, the way I'm cabled, I'm wired is a bit uh, uh, like this, but like I, I'm, uh, you know, I embrace it, I guess. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so um, I, uh, I, I'm a builder. And so when I started to, uh, to run, I became, of course, obsessed with running, you know. Um, and uh, uh, I, the, 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 the downside was, I, I, coming from where I come from, like this, like a cultural thing, like skateboard, music, uh, uh, like uh, craftsmanship, like April 77 was, you know, was a very nice uh, brand with fabrics from Japan, made in Europe, like it was a beautiful brand. And I have this knowledge of fabrics and like how to make products. And I was like, okay, now I'm a runner, but like, do I, like, I, I couldn't find myself in the actual offer, both in terms of product, which were too, uh, like, was commodity for me, uh, but also in terms of culture. Like, like, as a skateboarder, like, when you switch from, like, the skateboard scene to the running scenes, like, it's lame. It's, I mean, no offense for, like, you know, the, the, all the runners and the running scene, but, like, at the time, it was lame. And um, it was all about, like, uh, performance. You know, like running fast, or you can do it. No, no, no. But my approach of, of performance was was way more romantic. Like I, 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 uh, I experienced, you know, what we call like the runner's high. Like it's a beautiful moment. You know, your brain is floating. You know, and you're like, oh wow, this is amazing. Like, uh, uh, you know, like I, I was reinventing myself. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling to reinvent yourself. And um, I wanted to talk about it. And the way I talk about things is like okay, making things. And, and for me, like doing a satisfied brand was the right uh, medium to use if I wanted to share my experience, but also to share my, my creativity and my knowledge uh, behind the uh, products. And so I created Satisfy in 2015 uh, from, from scratch. And um, I basically, my, my idea and my dream, and it's still my dream, was to make products that will help you as a runner to reach the high. Like my, my idea of performance was how can I get high? Not like how can I run fast, you know? I, I don't care how fast I can be. It's really, it's really more about uh, the journey, about the experience. And I believe that the, the product we make uh, will inspire you to, be, to become a runner. Or if you're already a runner, will inspire you to reach different highs and um, that's uh, 
what I've been uh, working on uh, since 2015, making uh, products like super performance products, uh, making them, of course, in a very sustainable way, using uh, and developing our own fabrics in France, in Europe, in Italy, uh, producing 90% uh, of the production is based in Portugal. So having this um, uh, very uh, uh, boutique brand, uh, I, I don't like the word niche because, you know, like uh, to me it doesn't really mean anything, but uh, very directional. It's a running brand. You know, we're not a life, we're not like a, like a streetwear brand or, you know, we, we, we are a running brand and fair enough if you want to wear the product, uh, you know, for hiking or climbing, uh, what, which people, uh, what people actually does, but it's a very directional brand and, um, and yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, so far it's been like an amazing uh, uh, adventure, both personally, but also like uh, working with like a, uh, with like an amazing team and being based in Paris, like the challenge of building an outdoor brand in Paris is kind of like, a, I find it a, a bank. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, and I'll say, you know, that, that you've, you've been successful. I mean, you've, the, the, and, and I want to try to tie this together and bring in, and touch more on the brand building, because I think it's, it's where I think you really have a lot to offer others in, in the space in terms of, experience and expertise and, and inspiration. Um, but, you know, I, I've watched your brand grow firsthand for the last eight years. And I know that you say no to a lot of things and yet you still, you know, you've just done, um, you know, collaborations, you know, with people like Oakley and, and Crocs. And uh, I don't, I, I would say some more, but I'm, I don't know which ones are out and which ones aren't, but, you know, the top brands, um, top brands in the world. And I, I have this memory of when uh, we were at the Berlin Marathon and I met some Nike folks and they sort of like whispered to me, we wish we could make this. <laughs> like, this is what we wish we could do. And I think you really, um, you know, found a, a hole in the market. But, I, you know, for all the reasons that you said, because, you know, if you're someone like us and, you know, and running is, is really about, you know, for me, you know, running is that most important meeting of the day. You know, I got out of bed at 630 this morning and did my 11K loop. And it's literally the most important meeting of my day. I like actually it's the only kind of moment of clarity that I that I'll, that I'll have today in a way, probably. And that's not about, you know, something that, that looks like Olympic gear. You know, it's actually something, you know, like I always said, you know, it looks like, you know, Scott Campbell with his shirt off in the mountains, you know, much more than it, um, you know, than it, than it looks like, uh, uh, you know, an, an Olympic athlete. So I, I really identify with the hole that you that you identified in the market, um, which is obviously personal. Um, I think the thing that that I would like to be sure that that people kind of get, I think, first of all, you've already laid it out there in terms of like you're a very unique person. Um, you're also obviously an obsessive person. Um, so thanks for for getting that out there for us, too, because, uh, you know, I, I know you as a workaholic and and that that we should we should definitely talk about. But I what I see is I see people trying to create brands in this kind of emerging Web3 space, which is about five minutes old. And people are already like, you know, calling them the greatest brand in the world or the, or the worst brand in the world, depending on depending on the week. And, you know, what I've really seen watching you is exactly how long it takes to build a brand. 
And then I pattern matched that a little bit against things like, you know, the story of Golden Goose, which is, you know, I think there, there, I don't, I don't know the exact, you know, numbers I have known, but I've forgotten them, but, you know, it took them sort of 15 years to build an interesting business. And then in, in the sort of 12 or so years since they've built a big business, right? So, and I would argue that without that first 15 years of really building, as you said, you don't like the word niche, but, you know, at first it starts with a, with a core audience, right? And then without that core audience, you can never kind of get beyond. I would argue that it's maybe even generational, right? If Golden Goose hadn't been around long enough for someone like Virgil Abloh to be like, yo, that was my shit when I was 16, I'm not sure that, you know, that, that they could have become what, what they are. And I'm seeing something similar, um, you know, watching Gabriella Hurst and the way that she builds, you know, her eponymous brand, um, but also, you know, does other things like Chloe, et cetera. And you could argue even the same for Jonathan Anderson. J.W. Anderson is a relatively small brand. It's been around for a very long time and done very interesting things, but it's still very small if you put it next to even the brand that Jonathan is a, a designer at Loewe, right? And so... My my what I've really learned is that building brands takes a long time. Um, and then what I see people trying to do is to build brands overnight. And I think if I could, you know, I, I really wanted, um, you know, to, to you know, to, to, to get people, maybe get people's heads around just how long it takes to build a real brand. Um, and I'd love to hear from you on how you think about about that and how you think about like the, the timetable of Satisfy, right? Like what, you know, are, how much patience do you need to have to do what it is you're doing? Yeah, it's, um, but you, you, you said it all, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's long because, um, I mean, you can build a brand or you can be like a brand, you know, like, like you, you, what we try, what I try to do is, I mean, f first of all, like, you know, you name the Gabriela Hurst or, or Jonathan Anderson, you know, like, it's interesting because they have their own name on the product, you know, and I think there's also like, um, like a psychological uh, thing, connection, like, you're going to be the face, you are the face of your brand, so it's, it's really who you are, and you don't want to, uh, you don't want to jeopardize with your, uh, your identity, and I feel the same with Satisfy. It's not my name, but it's my, it's my baby, you know. So I will do everything to make the brand to last as long as possible. I really want Satisfy to uh, live longer than I will live, you know. I'm, I'm building a brand um, that hopefully will live for like, you know, like a hundred years. I don't know, you know, but like this, you, you have to think like this. Like I'm not building like a... a you know, like a, it's not like an like an overnight sensation. You know, you don't like a, you, you 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 could do this, and I think some people are really good at doing this. You know, like like having a having a, a brand that makes like a, a millions, like short term. I mean, you have this also in the music industry. You know, you, you can do this. It's a choice. It's not my 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 choice. I uh, I want to build a, a a brand and to be true to who I am. I think this is very important. But also, uh, uh, when you do brands like Satisfy, it's a, it's, a, it's a brand for passionate people, for runners. And uh, it, it just takes time. Like the, 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 this, this industry, like the space we are in, uh, by definition, uh, 
is very slow. Like it's a, it's a product that is performant. It's a product that also can save lives. You know? Imagine you go to the mountains and you need like a three-layer jacket. Like a product can actually save your life. So you need to put also a lot of energy, time and money into development. So uh, before you will be ready anyway, you still have like a three, four years of development. Like today, I'm, I, I can like happily say that we, uh, I mean, our, our products are really good and like uh, can save life. And we, uh, you know, we, we are actually, I really believe that our products are one of the best on the market, but it took me like eight years. And so, because my space wants this. Now, if I'm building like a t-shirt brand or I'm building like, you know, something else, uh, uh, yeah, it's possible. It's just a matter of like uh, who you are, what you want to do. But I don't call this like uh, overnight sensation, uh, like brands to me. For me, a brand is an entity that creates like um, uh, emotional connections with its audience on the long term. And you want to evolve with the brand. And uh, again, my, my references are like the skate brands I grew up with, you know, and uh, some very like, you know, like underground brand, you know, I can name them, you know, like, I mean, of course, uh, you know, like, like Gouge, but also like uh, Volcom, like in the beginning, you know, like, uh, fact, I was a huge fan of fact. I was a huge, in fact, it's like super directional, super specific, but I grew up with that brand. And, and um, it's funny because I wrote to Eric from, from Fucked uh, a, a few months ago, and I told him, like, I, I do what I'm doing because of you. Like, when I was 16, I sent a letter to Eric and his brother of Fucked because I wanted to open the, the record label, the first record label. I was like, oh, this brand is amazing. This brand needs a record label. And I thought I had the ID, but like, uh, so Eric referred back to me like a few months ago. He was like, oh, we already had the, the record label. <laughs> it was not called Fuck, but like, so it makes sense that I was so aligned with this guy. So for me, that's a brand, you know, it creates like a, uh, like a game changing uh, uh, emotional connection with its audience. And, uh, and, and this is, and this takes, takes, takes time because as a human, you're going to evolve with a brand, you know, it's like, it's, it's a life, it's almost, a brand is like a, a life, life companion, like, like an artist, like Bob Dylan is our life companion, you know, like, uh, it, you know, uh, it, it's just, uh, that, that level. And this is what I want to build with Satisfy, that, that level of, uh, of emotion. A brand is a life companion. I mean, I think that to me, this is why I really wanted to have this conversation in this space where we're doing this thing with Ledger and FWB, because I think that there are a lot of people in these communities that are trying to build new brands. Right. What I always say about Ledger is I don't want to build the future with the past. You know, I want to I want to use new things. And I think, you know, I mean, I've learned so much from you over the past eight years and but this you're 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 encapsulating it. It's so natural for you, which I think is also important for people to hear, because I think it's probably there are people out there that want to build brands and they're probably listening to you and saying like, oh wow, like this guy just sort of instinctively knows how to do it, and I wish I did. Um, but I'm also you know trying to to convey bits of it that might be useful to them. You know, for example, I think that just that patience that you need to kind of build a brand that that you know, lasts that long. Um, and whereas I think some people think like, you know, well, I, 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 
I dropped one collection and no one liked it. Shit, what do I do now? I didn't have enough money for a second collection. And, and that brings me to sort of a, the, the practical side of it um, for you. Like to start Satisfy, you actually stopped doing another brand, which is a big life decision for you personally. Um, I also, like I said earlier, I know you're a workaholic. I call you on a Friday night and I'm like, hey, what's up? And you're like, oh, I'm in the office. <laughs> Say, you know, I talk to you on Saturday morning. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to work today. Right. So I think some people simply I see the work that you put in and some people simply aren't they don't have the ethic and they aren't as obsessive. You know, I know it's not actually work for you. And it's like, you know, you have to do it. Um, but also, I think that there's a there's another piece that you have to get right here. Right. Because you're also you're building a company, you're building a team, you're you know, you're you're raising money, you're um, you know, you have wholesalers and resellers. I mean, you and I talked about this during covid and you had to make some big and very difficult business decisions there. So here you are sort of creative director, CEO, visionary. Another thing that I just find incredible is I, I, I kind of think of Satisfy as the first Kiss record. And the re I'll tell you why, because it's incredible when you look at the first Kiss record and then you put the needle on because you're like, God, it's all there. The cover, like song, like the songs are basically Kiss songs right away. There's no like, I mean, the first Rush record is not the first Rush record. It's like, I mean, who's that drummer, right? I mean, so like, but Satisfy, like you came out with the shirts, with the moth eaten, the tag on the outside, like so much of the vision um, was already there. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that is just so amazing is that you have all those pieces. I'm, I'm curious to hear about the, the practical side of it though. Like how do you pace the business? How do you, I think a lot of people out there, like, you know, they, they come out swinging, Right. And I'm thinking about people in the in the in the Web3 world and they like put everything they got into it, the very best art, the very best people around them. They go, you know, bananas. Maybe they have success. Maybe they don't. Then the market changes and, and it's like, shit, what do I do now? Right. Whereas I feel like you knew you were running a marathon or an ultra marathon from the beginning. And, and I'd like to give people a sense of like what it actually means to build a brand over a number of years and treat that as an ultra marathon and not a 5K. Yeah, but you, yeah, you, you mentioned it earlier, earlier. It's obviously work. I mean, work is like, uh, you know, uh, you need to work. You need to, you need to, uh, to take some risk. You need to, uh, uh, to, to do some compromises on your, on your lifestyle, on your life, you know. Uh, and uh, because of this, as a as a brand builder, builder, your 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 decisions are like life changing, and you have to know since the beginning you're going to spend a lot of money. You're going to uh, you need to be super confident. Like for me, this is the most important thing: being confident because you will also have to lead the team, and um, you need to you need to you need to have a dream. That's super important for me. If as a founder you don't have a dream, it can't work. Uh, and you need uh, to have the audience. Like so many people are building brands thinking that the audience will find them. No, you start with the audience. You know the audience already exists. I'm going to make a product for them. That's, that's, that's key for me. And I have a lot of people, a lot of friends too, uh, asking me some advices to, okay, I want to make a brand, uh, what do you think? You know, like, I mean, I, I'm always uh, encouraging people to build stuff, whatever it is, but like, 
you need money, you need time, you need uh, passion, you need your dream, you need to have the audience. And I, I feel that the most of the time, people don't think about the audience. And they, because it's easy to think that, okay, yeah, you know, like internet, yeah, they will find me. No, they won't find you. Build it and they will come. Yeah, it, you know, it, it doesn't work, it doesn't work like this. So uh, um, I think Satisfy had a very precise audience and also what is important is your product is not meant to be for everybody and it's fine. You don't want to please everybody. So for me, building a brand is to start very, very, very core because it's a long way and then you will have all the time to expand your product category. Uh, but if you think that you're going to uh, talk to everybody, well, uh, you, 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 you don't get it. So that's, for me, that's super important. And of course, then you have all the like, you know, pragmatic side of things, you know, like uh, you need like a team. Like for me, for Satisfy, it has been like uh, game changing when, uh, when, you know, when Raphael joined me as a COO, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a creative. Uh, I'm, I'm, I always say the same thing, but I'm a, I'm a great leader. I'm a terrible manager, you know, so I need help. And knowing, knowing like uh, your, uh, your, your flaws is, super, like, you know, I know that I'm terrible at managing. I need help. And uh, uh, I think it's also like a, a, like a quality to know like what you are good at and what you are terrible at. And uh, uh, I, I think, and I'm still learning, you know, and, uh, and I think, uh, and of course, like I don't get it like perfectly all the time, but knowing like who you are, like you need to know exactly who you are to make sure you make the right decisions when you build your team, for me was, is fine. It's super, uh, super important. And of course you need the product because the product for me is the most important things. And I always uh, believed, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's a bit uh, a caricature, but like as a European, we are really good at building products, but terrible at like marketing, branding. And I feel that in the US, like people are like, like, amazing like marketers, but the products are like so-so. I mean, there's no luxury brand in the US basically, you know, and, uh, but, American people are so good like at, at selling products like Apple. So I, I uh, and I think I have both culture. Like I always, when I met Ian the first time, like it was, you know, I, I think uh, I told you, Ian, I was kind of like the, the missing link, you know, between like uh, the Californian culture and like the, the French uh, thing, you know, like, and I guess also because uh, how I grew up and my background, like I, I, I can understand both like, uh, your product and like how how to sell products when you mentioned okay the first satisfied collection was like uh, you know like the, the first uh, kiss uh, cover uh, uh, album cover right? thank you for that um, yes like it's uh, um, you know I, I it's very hard for me to think about my, my, my process when I create but it's like ACDC, you want everything. You know, you want like, uh, you want the riffs, you want the imagery, you want the guitar solo, like, and, and a brand, that's a brand. You know, you want, you want everything. And uh, if you're not ready, don't go. Like, you know, for me, it's like, you have to be ready and you have to, to, to make sure to have everything. And for that, if you build a brand, it's totally fine if you're not a creative director, but you need a creative director. Like, creativity is, it's super important. It's the most important thing, maybe. You need like someone who has a vision, who has a dream, and uh, someone who's going to lead uh, the, the, the art direction and the creativity of your, of your brand.
I, I feel like I have like an hour more questions for you, but we don't we don't have an hour. So I'm going to choose wisely. And then I want I want to um, throw to Zoe to, to ask you about your your dabbling in Web3 as well. But I, I want to I'm going to recap and ask one follow up. So I think it's interesting and very useful for people. Again, I'm trying to I think you I think you have a, a, a lot um, to share to another brand builder. So I want to get all that out there. I'm, I'm thinking in my head about the, the list of ingredients that you, that you just said. I mean, I think, um, and the, the most important one is audience. So you started by sort of seeing a gap in the market. You knew that there were other people like you, like me, like Scott Campbell, you know, that we are runners. We found runners. It's important to us, but we aren't jocks, right? And you just saw like, that's, that audience is there. I know they're there. Another great thing that I think you could put out there is that reminder that you don't please everybody. That's what I saw with LVMH is that they, you know, as Jeff Jarvis said, the Internet moves us from mass markets to massive niche. And actually, you know, niche businesses and, and I apologize, it's not a derogatory word. I'm using it in this context, you know, are great businesses and they can be great businesses. The reality is Louis Vuitton is a great business and it's also a niche business. If you put the number of Louis Vuitton customers on planet Earth, people always like looked at me sideways when I said Louis Vuitton is a niche business. And I would say, take the number of customers at Louis Vuitton in a year and put it over 8 billion people. It's a very, very, very small fraction, right? It's, doesn't, it's not for everybody. In fact, even in the world of fashion, there are a lot of people who don't like the brand and that is okay. Um, and you, I, I think that that's super important for people to, to remember as well, that you really want to appeal strongly, as you said, be a... What did you say? A life, a life That's companion, companion. Yeah. a life companion, you know, to your customer, um, you know, not just another thing that they like, kind of. Right. Um, but then the, on the practical side, you know, sort of the work ethic, money and time. And on some level, you're saying, like, look, if you don't have all of these things, don't start. You're not ready yet. Um, and I think that's I think that, I think a lot of people <laughs> that I've spoken to need to hear that, you know, like. Um, I know I've certainly done projects that I was really excited about, but if I'd have looked in the mirror and said, Ian, do you have the money and time to do this? The answer would have been no, um, you know, but you're passionate about it and, you know, you run out the front door anyway. And then, you know, something really predictable happens, um, you know, to your product. But the one thing that I think would be helpful for people that we didn't cover is the storytelling side of it. Because you talked about product as incredibly important. And obviously, you know, you're passionate about the quality of the product. And you said earlier that, you know, basically you'll put your product up against anyone else's product and you think it stands up. Um, but now you've got to go out there and tell that story on the Internet. Like, how do you think about that? We uh, and, and, and for us, it's, it's super important because we are uh, a brand with a purpose where we create product for running. So the storytelling, of course, is about running. And when we develop the products, we start with the storytelling. We already know like, how the product will be used in what context. It's basically we are designing the packing list of your expedition. Oh, I'm going to run the UTMB. What do I need? You know? And then the storytelling, we, we, you know this. We already talked about it, but I, I think it's a, it's a great example. It's... Um, and I, of course, like sorry if I repeat myself because I always uh, 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 talk about music, <laughs> but it's it's uh, you know I think um, what do we do? It's it's I call it the merch, and the experience is running. And it's like if you go to a concert, 
the experience of going the band live, and then you buy a souvenir, you buy like the merch of the band. And I like to think satisfied like this, like the storytelling is a running. It's like this amazing, uh, 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 it's not a sport, it's not an activity, it's like, uh, it's something else, but it's, uh, it's, it's a passion. And we're going, to, uh, we're going to accompany you during your journey uh, 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 with the, the most amazing merch you have ever seen. And uh, the storytelling is so important for us. Uh, uh, and I think what we try to build is to build the storytelling through the journey of our runners. Sometimes we will have, sometimes it will be uh, uh, like a collab, but it could be also like a few, uh, like two months ago, one month ago, we were at uh, this race, amazing race called Cocodona 250. It's a 250 miles race, super difficult. Uh, and Satisfy had an aid station at mile 100. And uh, we were here to support uh, the, the runners, you know, like after 100 miles, you know, you need like a lot of comfort, you need food. And we were there with this amazing aid station. Um, of course, we have the product and sometimes uh, we have some events with some partners. Like earlier, you mentioned Wholesale Ian. Uh, wholesale, you know, we, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and for us, Wholesale, like, it's not really distribution. It's more like a way to get our product um, uh, physically, but also to create a connection with like a, a, a new audience. But also, it's an opportunity for us to create events uh, with uh, those like partners. So we always before doing the product. Of course, the product has a purpose, but we know exactly where the product is going to end and why we are doing it. And I think. Uh, and especially today in a world where sustainability is like, you know, super important, of course, uh, we, need, uh, we need to do very directional products. You don't want to like uh, uh, flood the market with like, uh, a, you know, like a useless product. It has to be very, very directional. But yes, the storytelling is uh, what leads um, um, my, uh, my, uh, my designs and, and our creativity. And I love to have this, this framework of like the storytelling because, you know, as, as a creative, you also want to do so many things, you know, but when you build a brand that has a purpose, it's great to, to start with uh, where the product will end and why we are doing this product. Yeah, so it's, it's because you have the kind of running or you have this, or it's a race or the whatever, that creativity loves constraints and yes. you sort of, you're giving the context up front, and actually, it's 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 quite it's almost like an advantage for a brand that's an athletic brand over, say, just a fashion brand where things are are more open ended. Although I do think that your example of kind of the concert and the merch table works, you know, even if you're a Christian Dior, because in many ways you could say the storytelling is the main event, um, and then the product is you know kind of the, the the merch that you buy because you loved the main event. Yeah, and I think I I, I think that that's a super important. Thank you for giving us that. That's a super important way of contextualizing it because I think that that's problem the problem people have they they're like someone who doesn't understand the luxury business says I don't understand how a handbag can be three thousand dollars. Well, it's because actually the storytelling is the main event, and the main event happened on the runway. It happened. Um, in the atelier, uh, it happened in the craftsmanship and the kind of, you know, metier that's been passed down for, you know, 100 plus years that led to the product. And now the product is just kind of an artifact yeah. 
of all of that other stuff. And I, I think that's very, very, very relevant, actually, in the world of digital collectibles as well, because digital collectibles are really kind of cultural artifacts. So, you know, yeah, so and, I, and I think like, you know, it's super interesting to think about all of the different ways that you kind of have to in parallel, like be building this brand, like you build it with experiences, you build it with collaborations, you build it with, you know, the physical storytelling on Instagram, um, you know, all of those kinds of things. And then, you know, I think it's, it's really interesting to think about, you know, the new, the new kind of cultural tools that are emerging in the Web3 space. And I know that you've dabbled a little bit in that. You Satisfy has, has, has done their own Web3 drops. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what those were. And then just like as a, as a brand builder, like what did you learn from, from doing that? Like do you, where do you see that, you know, working into your brand strategy or not? So we, uh, yes, indeed, we, uh, we did uh, like two years ago um, uh, a collab with Runner's World. Uh, we, we, we dropped some, um, some products in collaboration with them. But aside of this uh, Runner's World drop, we, um, we have a program called Repossessed. And it's basically, uh, uh, you know, it's basically uh, me uh, repurposing like vintage T-shirts. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, we, uh, we handpicked like, uh, you know, 20 uh, vintage marathon, like finisher tees. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, uh, we added some prints and, you know, we, we packed them. So every piece is unique, it's vintage, uh, it's repurposed. So sometimes we change the feet and, and, and. and um, the t-shirts uh, were part of the, uh, like a bundle with a vintage uh, Runner's World magazine. And on top of that, we uh, also uh, added like a, um, like a digital asset. And, uh, and what we did is, um, uh, it was like, a, uh, you, could, you could buy the product, like the, the bundle, uh, like bidding. And, like uh, it, for me, it was so like uh, I mean everything was unique here and everything was new. So I had no expectation, I had no clue how it would work, and I was super curious because for me it's basically like like how much are you willing? You know the price is always like how much are you willing to pay for things? You know, and uh, I was super curious. Like uh, and again we didn't. The thing is we did bidding because. We didn't want to have like a like 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 a price, and maybe it would have been you know maybe we would have sold it like fifty euros or maybe like a thousand euros. Like we didn't care because for us this experience was not about like uh, doing like a, uh, like a, like profit. Uh, the way we see like the NFT is more like a, a connection with our audience again, and um, it's 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 a it's a proof of attendance. So if you get the T-shirts, so there was this event the drop with Runner's World. If you get these t-shirts and the digital asset and the magazine, it means that you were there during like uh, November 2019, I think. Uh, 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 I was in front of my computer. Uh, every every t-shirt were dropping every hour, you know, and I, wa I was there. I was, uh, you know, it's like the, the, the t-shirt, like I was at the, you know, so it's exactly the, 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 the same idea, the proof of attendance. And we had no clue and turns out that, you know, like uh, it, it worked and it helped us also to understand better our community because the idea 
of uh, I mean for us the way we we are building this um, this connection with our audience is what what uh, you know it's like creating a fan club basically and and uh, if I own like a, a unique satisfy digital asset maybe I can have access to another level of the website or maybe I can you know like uh, I can uh, participate in the design of some products you know so it's like a, like a video game. They give me access to different levels, and we are still exploring this. It takes time, and again, like we don't want, we are trying, and I think everyone in this uh, uh, space is still uh, is still trying things. I mean, there is this amazing, uh, 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 you know, like a, a technology with a blockchain. So, what are we doing with this? And some pre some people, uh, you know, take the route of like, uh, uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, um, you know, crypto or like uh, NFTs or, you know, but for us, it was really um, how blockchain can help us to build like a sustainable relationship with our audience. And it, 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 it makes this life companion thing even more like, uh, like, like tighter, even like closer, because now we, we, we have uh, like an authentication of like this connection with our audience. So it's basically like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a, a wedding ring, you know, it's, it's kind of beautiful. And um, for us, it was, it was, um, it was a, a great first try. The second one was super interesting because, and I think we were one of the first brands to do this, we did um, an evolutive uh, a digital asset. So it was with a, a collab with this uh, shoemaker, Norda, and we basically, um, uh, when you get the Norda, you get also the so Norda a trail running uh, uh, shoe brand. Uh, so shoes that are meant to be, uh, uh, you know, covered with mud or you know, or snow. And what we did is um, we created this digital asset. When if you, the more you run, the more your uh, representation of the shoe, which was the digital asset, was covered with mud. And it was super interesting because then. Uh, I think we released like 50, uh, 50 uh, digital assets and on the 50 like you had like five different stages and so not everybody has the same uh, uh, stage uh, of like, uh, uh, you know, like mud, but, but covering and uh, it was just a, a fun and now what are we doing with all of this? I think it's, it's fun, that's the hook, you know, but then it creates what you don't really see is like the connection it creates with uh, with the audience, which is an interesting part to me. Amazing, uh, really, really cool, really cool projects too. Because after the mud, you did ice, right? Oh yeah, and we did the... ice uh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> both both directions. <laughs> yeah. And I think just for the audience who might be wondering, how did that work? You connected it to Strava. Yes, yes, sorry. And yeah, then yeah. It, how much you run, or, and I didn't make it to the end of stage. And both times it was like, ah, I really, I really wanted to. Yeah, we re we released them in during winter, I think, and. Winter is not the best, uh, the best time in Paris to run. The best project. running time. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I think we're going to, you know, we're coming up to the top of the hour here where we're recording. So, um, but I, let's, let's wrap it up with a couple of these questions that we're kind of asking all of our guests in this Ledger X FWB series. And really we're, we're trying to um, kind of convene people that are uh, in the space, but also just great 
creatives. So thank you for, for the conversation because it's been super interesting about brand building and, and everything. So the first of the kind of uh, the speed round questions uh, is what does creative custody mean to you? Hmm. Um, well, uh, I, I would say, um, so, you know, as, as human beings, we, we like uh, to, to collect stuff, you know, we like... Uh, we like artifacts. Uh, we like the idea of uh, owning uh, uh, something that uh, encapsulating an idea, a moment, uh, or or culture in general. And I think this this uh, this idea, this is what makes me. It helps uh, express who I am. So I would say that my identity matters. Like it's it's super important. And especially as a as a creative person. Uh, I think creative custody means uh, just value uh, because my idea like, uh, uh, you know, are in a safe uh, place and it helps me to track also uh, how this idea may evolve, how they may be uh, interpreted, uh, how they will inspire like uh, 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 other people to get like new ideas. So I, I think uh, this is what, uh, yeah, what, what, uh, what I would say. And what would you what advice would you give to somebody who is you know maybe at a at a traditional brand but they're interested in exploring um you know digital scarcity blockchain web3 you know you've done that as somebody um you know who's a who's a who's a brand builder a a brand owner and then you said okay i'm going to experiment over here what advice would you give to just to someone to someone else on that experimentation I think you have to be creative. I think uh, uh, I think creativity leads leads uh, everything, and uh, you need to take risk too. Um, again, like we circle back circling back to uh, to this brand building thing. But uh, uh, you know, I think as a creative, you will find creative ways to use uh, this this world of information. Uh, yes, I, th I think. Uh, I mean. Yeah, creativity is like for me. It's like the, the it's the most important thing. And of course, we are all we have all these challenges with AI. But I think uh, you know that's also like an opportunity. So when when we were kids and we were watching skate videos on VHS, I don't think either of us could have imagined that we would have the access to information. And uh, you know, can you imagine imagining YouTube? In, in those days, like you know, it would, there's no way that you could have um, like dreamed that in your imagination. What's something that you feel like it, you know is out there in the future, you know, for for our kids or our kids' kids that um, you know that we can't imagine today, but it's something that that you feel like is inevitable. Yeah, it's, that's that's a tough one because I mean, I'm I'm a I'm an optimistic uh, uh, person, but like, yeah, it's very it's very it's very difficult, like. I think we we um, you know we always uh, overestimate uh, what uh, technologies like you know can do in five years, and uh, we under underestimate uh, 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 how it will be like in uh, you know in twenty years. So uh, uh, I don't know. Like I mean, the, uh, that's a bit uh, uh, obvious, but like the place of, of, of AI in, in twenty years. But I think there are two like scenarios maybe, and I, I'm not saying that one is better than the other one. Like I, I really, you know, like like everyone else, like I don't know because like you know, worst case scenario, well, uh, it sucks because AI, uh, you know, wipes out uh, the human race, and you know, it sucks a lot. 
And uh, the, I don't know if it's a better scenario, but, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, like, you know, AI or work like, you know, 24 hours, uh, seven days a week, uh, is never sick, uh, don't complain, and, and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, uh, and then AI take, uh, take over the manufacturing and the design and, and the marketing and everything. But also, maybe it will, it will, uh, it will save the, the energy crisis, uh, you know, limit the global wa uh, warming. Uh, but, but, like, I mean, it, for me, it's difficult to imagine also, um, uh, I mean, you know, we had this, uh, we talk a lot about sustainability at Satisfy, like, uh, like in house, you know, we did this, like, uh, climate fresh, and, you know, this is something very, very important to us, especially as an outdoors brand. And, uh, and uh, like, you know, the, the, I think, that, like, we, lo we love to travel, like, you know, we love to travel. It's, we love discovering uh, uh, new cultures. We love to we love to meet friends, you know. And and uh, for me, it's very difficult to imagine that maybe I will have to travel less. And 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 this is where it's going. It's like okay, in twenty years, oh maybe people will stay. You know, maybe we have, we will stay in France, you know, or in Italy, you know. But like we won't go to the U.S. like uh, like we do today, you know. Like you know, I go like five six times per year to the U.S. I know that you know it's not it's great personally because you know uh, I love going there and 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 uh, but it's terrible for the for the for the planet. So I guess for me it's very hard to imagine that we will change this. So either uh, AI helps us to resolve this uh, this this crisis, or we will definitely have to change our behavior. And I think this is harder for me to think about changing my behavior. Than thinking that AI will be able to uh, to uh, to fix uh, uh, these these uh, these problems. Uh, I I agree with you. I want to think AI might enable us to accentuate our our habits more. You know, as Clayton Christensen said, there are no new human problems. We just hire new technologies to solve old problems. But um, I I think though you use the word need to travel to the U.S. So <laughs> maybe maybe AI will allow us to travel when we want, you can, and you can, allow us to can. allow us to travel less when we less for need. I mean I yeah. I traveled to Asia for you know two meetings last week. You know so so maybe that that, that, that maybe that's the thing that becomes less necessary over time. In 2010, I went for a weekend in New York because. Uh, there was this movie about the black metal scene called uh, Until the Light Takes Us. And I flew just for one weekend just to watch this black metal movie because it was not uh, showing in France, you know. And when I think about it, it's terrible. I mean, movie was great, <laughs> but what a terrible idea. To, but it was 2010, I guess it was okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't okay, we just didn't, we yeah. didn't know it. We didn't yet. know, yeah. We didn't know. <laughs> well, Brice. Thank you so much. I really, like, I really was, you know, really wanted to capture this this conversation for for people. I know it's one that that I'll send, uh, you know, to, to people over and over because I feel like it covers a lot of the topics that 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 we um, that we talk about. And I think, you know, thank you for helping us take that conversation to a to a higher level. No, and, and thank you so much. All that you do, both of you. It was great to see you, Zoe. Yeah, great to see you too. This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment or tax advice.
Do your own research. And it also profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.